why is no one talking about your value to your client and making your value larger? Meaning, making them feel that your value of what you can give them is larger. And guess what happens? You'll find that they'll probably be spending more. Can you expand on that and how entrepreneurs should focus on that? So we we create our lives. We create our lives to what we want to be in this world, right? So, yes, you have a you have a particular service you can offer to people, but in establishing a relationship with a customer, you get to know things beyond. Oh, I have a pain here. I have a pain here. Sort of over the health things, you might get to know something else about their lives where they might have another need. And oh, you have this particular need. Well, I've I got a buddy that can help you out with this. Or I have a sister that is in that line of work that might be able to help you out. Right. So we talk about this all the time in our networking group, right? Is by, by, get, by establishing a relationship with this customer, not only can you bring a product and service to bear that helps them out, but I'm going to bring you even more value. You're not going to be paying me. You'll be paying somebody else maybe, but I'm bringing a trusted resource to you to help you in this particular area of your life. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Value Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Andy McDowell. Andy, how are you this fine Tuesday morning? Good, good. Good to see you as always. Good to see you as well. And we're joined by a special guest, Dr. Mike Wiener with Optimal Spine and Body. Mike, great to see you this morning. Thank you for having me. I look forward to it. So I've brought Dr. Mike in because he's a customer of mine. Because I wanted to bring in a topic of what kinds of things or conversations or ideas that we talk about in our time together, whether it be one-on-one or in peer-to-peer group that has been the most beneficial and helpful to Dr. Mike and his business? Because I felt like if it's helpful to you, then (laughs) it's probably helpful to a lot of other people. So before we get started in that conversation, I just would like Dr. Mike, if you would, just talk a little bit about how you're different as a chiropractor. 
because I've been I've been to all t- different types in my life, and you're different <laughs> in your approach to it. And I think it's important for our audience to understand that. Absolutely, the difference I can separate in how I am as a doctor, and then also in the technique that I do. Right, uh, I feel of what I do. That's chiropractic biophysics. That separates myself because not a lot of chiropractors will practice that specific technique. Mm-hmm. And that technique is evidence-based, and which means that there's research papers to back up what I'm doing and what I'm saying so that it's almost like a formula. You know, A plus B equals C. So when I look at someone's x-ray, that's A, and then I say plus B, which is the treatment plan that's already been researched equals C, which will be the outcome. I would say that is what makes me different. What I feel with myself, what makes me different is I feel a lot of doctors or anyone that's a professional, a lot of times they become more of a technician. And a technician knows the textbook. They know what to do. They know the technique they're doing. I don't, I like to separate myself by seeing myself more of a, an expert. And what I mean by that is someone that is looking at a global sense of an outcome. And I use different tools to achieve that outcome. When you have that mindset, it broadens it. It broadens what you can do and what you can do to help someone. Mm-hmm. And I feel those two differences are what makes myself, my office, my philosophy different. Very good. Appreciate you doing that for the listening audience. I say that because um, I'm a customer of his and I know the wonders he's done for <laughs> this body that's been traveling around the world for 20 plus years. Matter of fact, when he looked at my x-rays the first time, he said, are you sure you haven't been in a trauma? <laughs> I said, no, that's 20 plus years traveling around the world. That did that might that, be considered so. trauma by some. So with that being said, let's get into the the topic for today. What I think you probably have three, four, or five things you want to bring to the table that you learned um, about business through our interactions. So what, what's number one you'd like to talk about? How do I formulate this in just one sentence? Don't have to. Well, good. <laughs> There's no requirement cause, to. Because <laughs> I can't. Basically, doesn't matter what profession you do. You are more of the... I've actually learned this from someone else. There's different types of entrepreneurs out mm-hmm. there. There's an entrepreneur, there's the artist, and then there's like the business type of person or... or uh, Yeah. As a professional, you're an artist. doesn't matter what it is, whether it's CPA, doctor, lawyer. You're an artist in your field. That means nothing in the world of business, though. Meaning you can be the best at what you can do, but no one's going to come see you. Mm-hmm. So the question is to how do you separate that and then just create a viable business that will achieve your goal of getting clients, patients, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and to formulate that into something that is reproducible, that you can actually monitor and track so that you can improve on something. Now, that's a very global question. But that's everything that we talk about monthly and weekly being a customer of yours. So where, where do you start with that, right? You know, I'm in 2018. I started my, I knew my office name would be Optimal Swine and Body. Mm-hmm. I just got my LLC, which was great. So now I'm actually in 2019. And it's February. I'm still working for someone else. But I'm starting this process April 
1st, 2019, I will not have a paycheck. There's my question. What do you do? Like, where where do you start and how do you start? Right. Well, let's just go to your first point about the artistry versus business, right? So that that's the beauty of, you know, we like to categorize things as small business, medium business, big business, you know, Fortune 500. But the the reality is whether you're a solo entrepreneur all the way up to the CEO of IBM, for example, if you're if you're a business, you have to deal with certain things, period. End of sentence, no discussion, right? In terms of sales and revenue and expenses and marketing and the actual creation and delivery of your product or your service. It's just, it is what it is. And so you've got to learn and you, you, you might be a, the only inter- attorney in town, in a small town in the middle of Ohio, but yet you're, you're running a business, you know, to your point, the, all, all the work you went through going to law school and understanding the law and passing the bar and all those type things is, your art, so your ability to deliver a particular type of service to the community, but you still have to deal with, okay, do I need to get an office? And that office is going to have electricity and gas and insurance and all these other expenses you're going to have to deal with. How do I get my customers? How do people know I'm here? All those things that any business has to deal with. So it doesn't matter what size company or business you are, you're going to have to understand those fundamentals and be able to work that, if you will, back office type things to keep Mm -hmm. your business afloat and be profitable. Anything you'd like to add, Zach, on that? I think you hit the nail on the head. (laughs) I don't know what I could add. And not everybody's versed in that. I mean, Go go to business school, right? So does that mean that I'm a lawyer? I, I have to go to law school and then I have to turn around and go to business school too to understand the fundamentals of business in order to be able to do both. And by the time you get through law school and pass the bar, you're like, your brain is worn out. <laughs> no, I've got to go to business school. Is that what you're saying? And that's where a coach could really come in handy is to help you help you with those fundamentals that's necessary but is not not where you generate your most value out in the marketplace it's your art right so you can either do it all yourself or go out and hire yourself people around you that can help you with it like a cpa and so forth that might be able to help you with those things when looking for a team what's a personality trait or, you know, you should approach it like an interview. That's the way I always think. What's some good advice out there? Because now I'll take a step back. When I was more of an employee, I, w- I never had to do this. So I just thought, oh, yeah, I can just go out and these people, oh, yeah, that's, that makes sense. I realized later that a lot of it was sales. Communi- like they were doing sales techniques to get me to believe a certain way. How do you sift or give someone advice? Because right now, you got a couple months to open up, right? Like, what's mm-hmm. the best? What, how do you f- know that you found the right team member? I've made a lot of mistakes 
and it's cost my business and myself thousands of dollars. And that's not an understatement. Give advice to someone that's just starting to avoid that. I got an answer, but what do you think, Zach? As a business owner. It's actually a fantastic question. So it's, you know, because there are really, really good quote unquote salespeople out there, right? That paint a picture, a, a facade really that, oh, this is what we're going to deliver. And then they're really only in it for the money, right? We see that in every industry, every type of person. But then, I mean, from my personal experience, it's really, it's about, like we always go back to, it's about relationships, it's about, is there actual, are you feeling a relationship being built or does it feel transactional? I mean, we were talking about that yesterday, right? Is really honing a skill or a radar for that, if that makes any sense, is what coming from, you know, doing that myself, jumping from the corporate world into being an entrepreneur, right? Just making that leap, you get burned a few times and then you realize, hey, that stove's hot. Maybe I shouldn't touch it, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Are there certain triggers or let's call them like red flags that you may hear that would trigger you to realize this person's not a team member? I'll give you an obvious one. It's obvious to me, but I still get this, right? So I'll get these LinkedIn requests to connect, to connect with me from salespeople that want to sell me a voice over IP telephone system, just things that raise a red flag because it tells me they haven't even researched what business I'm in. I only need a voice over IP system if I got an office with a staff of a dozen people. Right? Right. I don't know many business coaches that have an office with a staff of 12 people. You know, it's not really the industry for that. So that tells me they're just shooting from the hip with a shotgun. You know, oh, you're a business owner? Then you must need this without really doing the research. That's that's a big red flag for me. That's an automatic delete for me from LinkedIn from that and, standpoint. And then after that, I would agree with Zach that it's it's about relationships. So are they getting to know you first as a human being exactly. and so forth before what you're business needs are so during your interview if they're talking more about strictly how they can help you without asking you questions as counterintuitive as it may sound that actually may be a more of a red flag because they're not asking you questions i think it's more of a more of a red flag now that doesn't mean that this person doesn't have a good product and service and can deliver something that you really need i don't want to say that that's not a possibility i just think your risk goes up that you're going to get a bunch of garbage out of it. Well, I will say based off of personal experience, that is 99% correct. Hmm. I mean, when you, cause I've experienced this and, you know, having been in sales before and in industries like that, a lot of salespeople try to tell to sell. That's when you can really tell if somebody's in it for the, for the long term or just a transaction is if they're talking about themselves more, their product more, rather than asking you questions, right? 
just like if I sit down with some, it's, I'm going to ask a ton of questions to figure out exactly what needs are, right? Because there's got to be a beneficial partnership there. And it's much like, I mean, Mike, let's take it this way. You know, for the listening audience, I too am a client of Mike's and being in the, you know, as a hobby, the fitness bodybuilding world, my wife and I both beat up our bodies and he does wonders to get us back on track. So your approach, right? One of the things that stuck out that you did when we get together, because that is a partnership still, right? Any business relationship should be looked at as a partnership, right? Even that client relationship. And, you know, I'm coming in and I'm used to chiropractors that, all right, we do x-rays. Awesome. Get on the table. I'm adjusting you. That's it. Right. But you actually took what, you know, was like green light go for me was when you took the time to sit down, ask me, okay, I've seen your x-rays, but what problems are you actually having? Even though you probably could already tell by disalignment, subluxations, all that stuff. You ask me what's going on and what my goals are. That was the biggest thing that stood out to me. I'd never had a chiropractor ask that before. You know, that's a good, that's a good one then opposite of red flag. So for anyone, I will admit too, the best people that I've ever worked with were the people that wanted to know what my goals were. Mm -hmm. And I would say that is great advice for anyone starting a business. If they're mostly talking about how they can help you, I believe that is more of a manipulative way to get you to buy their services instead of them interviewing you for goals. And that's something that would save my personal opinion, you thousands of dollars and could get you a great team member to make your business better. If you find the right person. Well, I think, um, a gold-plated salesperson, per se, is somebody who wants to understand your business strategy and where you're going, and therefore, from that, can figure out where their products and services are going to plug in in your journey, mm-hmm. not for this um, immediate sale right here and then. When I used to go into countries and for the first time and so forth, a lot of my questions were about what problems and issues you're having and where you're trying to go. And try and sell them on the fact that we would be a lifetime per- partner and can help you in this journey of growth in your aviation system. To me, the, those those would be green lights in terms of somebody that's truly wants to create a relationship and is is a partner with you. Like I'm I'm, I'm putting some skin in the game here, mm-hmm. um, not just throwing my wares on the table and hope that you'll buy them. Yeah, that's very, very important. So that just before what I would say, if any, before you do any kind of sales process with anyone, that's going to be, I look at it as a team member. It's, that's the way you should look at it because it will change the way you, you interview them because it, it's an interview for them. You don't need them. Mm-hmm. Never go into anything, if I have the advice to my experience, that you need them to build your business. You only need yourself. So, All right, let's move on to your to your next one. Okay, so now you got team members. You know how to help you. Right. Everyone comes up with a business plan. They think it's all great. Let's be honest. No one ever meets their projections. They're always wrong. So let's talk about how do you develop what you need with expenses and then also of how much you need for revenue. And then on top of that, realistic expectations of the customers, and how much it will be for your services 
to meet your goals. It's a mouthful. That is, but I can put it <laughs> into two letters, R and D. That's where you start, right? Bef- before diving headfirst, right? Doing a little analysis of what the marketplace already looks like, right? Maybe finding a mentor or somebody that's been there before. I mean, that's, that's what I did is, you know, what's the typical profit margin we're looking at? What kind of marketing ex- expenses am I going to have? What is my ideal market where I'm going to be the most successful and continue to have compounding growth in that market instead of banging my head against a wall? So that's the short and sweet answer to that. Andy, what else do you have to add to it? Well, Dr. Mike and I have had a lot of conversations about this, so I know where he's going. So a lot of entrepreneurs, I won't, I won't say all, but a lot of entrepreneurs get so fixated on what is the product and service, what's my price point, how much money am I going to make? And not enough to your point, Zach, don't do enough research and so forth on the expense side to say, okay, what's my startup cost? But what does it cost me just to put the shingle on the door or the sign mm-hmm. on the door to say I'm open for business before the first customer even walks in? Rent, equipment, insurance, business licenses, et cetera, et cetera. Everything that you need sort of back office to get you going. And then you're going to have recurring expenses every month. Rent, labor, et cetera. And do you have a good handle on those? Because that, that really is the foundation of your business. Then you have to decide what profit margin do you want to have? 10%, 15%, 20%, 50%. And to your point again, what, re- what does research say your industry can handle? In terms of the profit percentage, which is then going to drive how much revenue you need on a monthly and yearly basis to reach that profit target if you've done a good job on your expenses. That's a that's an easy number to calculate. But then you have to have to move over and say, okay, how many customers do I need to make that revenue target on a monthly basis? What's going to be my average income per customer? So thousand dollars a month, two thousand dollars a month, five thousand a year. You know, it's gonna be different for everybody. And that'll tell you how many customers on a monthly or yearly basis you need to have to hit that total revenue target. That's the bottom of your sales funnel. That's what you need to drop out of the the bottom. So if you need $50,000 of revenue every year or every month, and your average sale is $2,000 per customer, then you need 25 customers a month of revenue generation for you to make your profit targets. So you have that number in your head. And then as you start up your business, you really got to pay attention to your success rate. If I have a need for 25 customers, how many of the leads I'm getting are converting into customers? Is it 10% of your leads? Is it 50%? Is it 100%? So let's say you have a 50% turnover and you need 25 customers, then you need 50 leads mm-hmm. per month at that success rate to hit your 25 customers that are going to be paying $2,000 a piece on average. 
to make your revenue target. And if you need 50 leads, we'll drive your decisions on, okay, do I do print? Do I do TV? Do I do social media? Mm -hmm. Do I do networking? What, what are my lead generation channels through your marketing efforts to be able to get you 50 leads a month? And then you have to be extremely flexible and paying attention to this stuff, even on a weekly basis in your, at least your first six months, if not first year, to figure out where in that process chain, if you will, that you need to make adjustments, right? Do I, do I need to change the average income per month per customer? It's at 2000 but I really need 3000 Okay. I got to do upselling or I got to adjust my prices or I got to do something to hit that number to get to make to make that whole chain of numbers work. Where where is my weak link in that whole chain as I'm going through to figure out what that is. And I think when we walked through that exercise that was a big big light bulb that went on over your head, right? Could you speak to that? Yes, because then I was actually able to see my expenses. And then on top of that, I would see how much do I want to make. So whatever whatever it may be, mm-hmm. say 10%, I just kind of threw out a number, minimally that. And then from there, you can know your expenses. One, you look at it and say, is there anything I can cut? So that's number one. Is there anything I can negotiate? Is there anything I can change? Two, if you like what you have, okay, now you need to get customers. Now you look at it, how are you getting customers? So doing this exercise formulates a business plan. So it's like you change the mindset. Don't create a business plan. Do this first. Then all of a sudden when you're all done, you have a business plan. It's a different way of thinking. And it changed the Mm -hmm. way I thought too. So then I was able to come up with all that. I, I was able then to see, okay, if I started from scratch, how many new patients do I need to hit that number? Mm-hmm. And then from there, you have to say, where is that coming from? And that's going to come from external, internal. And then from external, networking, like you said, social media, whatever it may be. And then something I learned from you is if you're going to fail, fail fast and stop what you're doing. And then if whatever is working, double, double all your time into that. Mm-hmm. We we also had another conversation where when you bring in a new customer, most of your revenue from that customer is on the front end of that hopefully long-term relationship you have with somebody, right? So in the first two, three, four, five, six months, you're going to be doing a lot of work with them for the alignment of the spine and so forth. And then after that, it's just kind of maintenance, making sure what all that work you did doesn't slip back to what it was. So you have to take that into, you, you almost have two different types of revenue streams, right? You have the revenue stream up front, and then you have the sort of maintenance stream, which is going to be a lot less than the front end. And how do you take that account into this process of formulation that we just went through? So how do I do that? I look at that as all bonus. So like when I formulate everything, meaning... That it's my definitely my expectation. My goal is that 90% of patients that do corrective care mm-hmm. will be 
recurring patients because I believe that's what it takes to achieve optimal health. So that's my philosophy and it matches that. And then how do I formulate that? Is anyone that stays on that is like bonus for me? And then I formulate so that it's already happening. I don't, I don't expect that so that I work really hard to keep working on the expanding the funnel, meaning getting as many, let's call it leads as possible. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, what someone doesn't talk about, which I learned from your class, which was more of like, okay, you have this funnel, but how much of that funnel is staying with you instead of dripping away? Are there mm-hmm. holes in your funnel? Is mm-hmm. your funnel narrow? Are you happy with your funnel? I feel a lot of entrepreneurs don't like to look in the mirror and admit that their sales process is not as good as it should be. And there's nothing wrong with that. Work on it. Get books. Practice with people you like and trust. Get their honest opinion, feedback back. You'll notice that you actually can widen that funnel. And then all of a sudden, now you don't have to spend as much money to get leads coming in, because now your percentage of patients or, or clients, sorry, because I obviously my patients are are doing the services, therefore increasing their revenue, and then hitting your business needs. Well, and to that point, what I what I see a lot too is a lot of entrepreneurs want to try to change their system to try to get a completely new funnel. Whereas the funnel they have could work, but they've just got to put more effort into it. They all, you know, looking for the easy way instead of just doing the simple hard work. Because when you launch a business, I mean, Mike, how difficult was it, right? Initially getting your name out there and getting that pipeline flowing when you first made that jump in 2019. It was very, (laughs) of course. I started off, I knew zero people. Started off with zero patients. I had zero internet presence. I had zero social media presence. I had zero networking presence. So I didn't even have a funnel. You you probably could say you had a funnel, but it wasn't functioning. It was a non-functioning funnel. It was stopped up. <laughs> so, <laughs> needed a decongestant. <laughs> so, Mike, what steps did you take, right, to to develop that to to expand your funnel and to get that funnel working? What did you do personally, mentally, and put into action? Mentally, work on yourself. Do morning routines that are positive. Don't go on your phone right away. You don't have to. Work out. Do 10 minutes of meditation, 15 minutes of stretching. Read a book that's positive. Or journal. Do that for your morning routine. So now you worked on yourself. Set intention for the day of what you want to create. All you have to do is spend 15 to 30 minutes doing that. That's the mental side of things. Always focus on success. If you ever think that whatever you're doing is not going to work, then you will fulfill that, what you believed. Whatever you believe will happen. Period. So believe that you will succeed. If you don't do any of that, you're going to put a lot of time and energy into your funnel that's going to not get good return. So that's number one. And guess what? That's free. And as a business owner that's new, free is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, second, True. yes, right? 
Another thing too, talking about free, is that you you can do it. So you don't have to think that you have to spend all this money on on other things. You don't have to. You can do it a lot yourself. So that's another thing that helped me. So that was the uh, that one. The other one was okay. So now you've done that. Great. You have positive energy. Now you need action steps. Action steps that for me that worked. A networking group of people that you get along with that are relationship focused. That. What does that mean? If you people that actually want to meet with you and learn about your business. And then guess what? They want to meet again and talk with you more and they want to get to know you more, which is similar to what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Same concept, mm-hmm. whether you're going to hire them or they're your networking team. So that's number one. Number two, try to give as much to as many businesses or, or people that you meet with as possible. The more you give with expecting nothing in return, I know for a fact and I have proof of it that it will get you a return. So that, but you never expect a return. So that's that. That's a networking part of things. So that's mm-hmm. how you should approach every networking. That's one-to-one, go to businesses, start relationship building. And guess what? You don't have to build a relationship with everyone. You're conducting the interview. If you don't like them, then don't go with them. Pretend you're hiring someone. So that's that. Next is internet. With internet, you usually will spend a lot of money and not get as much return when you first start. So that's another way to get your sales funnel open. How do you do it yourself? Find a mentor. You said that. That's done it. Talk to people. Do free, listen to free webinars on how to get your internet presence up. And you can most likely do it yourself to start. So you mo- you're going to have the time when you start off. You don't have the money. So use that time to figure it out yourself. When that time goes down, now you should have the money. And then you can invest in other people at that time. If you don't have time and you don't have money, then you call Andy because then he will figure out. Because <laughs> that is an unacceptable <laughs> equation. Because <laughs> uh, I'm sure you've heard people say that. I don't have time or money. Well, then you need to look back at what you're doing. So you got external system, networking. That's all part of networking to widen that funnel. And I think that's what you asked, right? So my, my favorite analogy about, in talking about the sales funnel and sales in general, right? It's about relationships. It's about vulnerability. I mean, it's about any, any kind of relationship, right? Whether it's with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends, whatever. It's, it's kind of like dating. You got a potential customer coming in. And if you take this mindset of, Using the structure of dating, it's like, okay, I want to get to know you. You want to get to know me. What 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 does that dynamic and conversation look like? I might get rejected. Just like you might get rejected through that conversation in, in the dating world. And you have to be okay with that. And if you can take the right approach about sales to say, my, my number one goal here is just to get to know you better. It's not that I want the... First number goal is not necessarily, I want the money out of your wallet, Mm -hmm. but if I don't have the right product or service, I'm either going to A, send you to somebody who is the right product or service for you. At the very least, I might get a friend out of it. Right. If you can take that mindset of approach to it, it sort of eases the stress 
of the sales process and the whole relationship thing and the vulnerability of it. I also feel like, you know, Mike, we talked about this yesterday, but if you're focused on the impact, not the income, mm-hmm. right? Because wait, wait a minute. Are you talking value here? Oh my goodness. Value? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm not talking about generating value. No. So, but no, if you're focused, you know, I like the alliterations, you know, I'm weird like that. Yep. I like the corny alliterations, but income's going to follow impact. Mm-hmm. But if you're focused only on the income, you may or may not ever make the impact, right? Because Mike, we're talking about the red flags, right? And if you meet somebody and you can see clearly that they're focused on the dollar amount that they can make from you becoming a client, right? And not, and they're, and you don't see that they really truly believe that they're, you know, interested in you and even doing what's best for you, but just making a dollar, right? Then there's, there's the red flags, there's the issues. And as entrepreneurs, right. Saying that, you know, if we focus on the impact, cause as you are right, that's your whole practice. <laughs> so the income's going to follow. And I think you've seen that. Would you, I mean, you'd say that I, I've seen the practice grow and flourish. And now we have basically friend meetings at the office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. If anyone had to take away anything of this, it may be intangible, but sometimes the intangibles get you exponential return. Mm-hmm. Never approach any situation expecting something in return and focus on the person across from you, like you said, impact of what will happen to their life if you choose them. Notice I said that as the entrepreneur, you choose them to work together. And that you don't want to choose your clients. Uh, I'm sorry, you don't want them, you don't want to flip that. Sorry, I said it wrong. You don't want it to be that you're being needy. They're there for the impact of whatever you can give them. But it's all about them. And Mm -hmm. it's a relationship. And it's Mm -hmm. about them. And guess what? Not everyone will want that. And it's okay. But when you do find people that appreciate you asking questions and figuring out what they want to do to achieve their goals, I'll just leave it at goals, because that applies to any business. And they appreciate of what your services can impact them. That's the type of client you want to focus on. Not the people that are not like that. Okay, we probably have enough time for one more. Have you got one more in your list you want to throw out on the table? You said value. So a lot of of what I feel, everyone just talks about getting leads, getting leads, you know, making money, making money, making money. Why is no one talking about your value to your client and making your value larger? Meaning making them feel that your value of what you can give them is larger. And guess what happens? You'll find that they'll probably be spending more. Can you expand on that and how entrepreneurs should focus on that? So we 
we create our lives. We create our lives to what we want to be in this world, right? So, yes, you have a you have a particular service you can offer to people, but in establishing a relationship with a customer, you get to know things beyond. Oh, I have a pain here. I have a pain here. Sort of over the health things, you might get to know something else about their lives where they might have another need. And oh, you have this particular need. Well, I've I got a buddy that can help you out with this. Or I have a sister that is in that line of work that might be able to help you out. Right. So we talk about this all the time in our networking group, right? Is by by gain, by establishing a relationship with this customer, not only can you bring a product and service to bear that helps them out, but I'm going to bring you even more value. You're not going to be paying me. You'll be paying somebody else maybe, but I'm bringing a trusted resource to you to help you in this particular area of your life that you're not only going to help somebody that's in your network, but you're still finding a way and connecting the dots to bring even more value to that customer. All it's going to do is strengthen your relationship. You know, so it's, we've talked Zach quite a bit on this podcast about the different types of value that there mm-hmm. are in this world, right? There's financial value, emotional value, physical value and so forth. And if you can approach your business to say 80, 90% of the value I'm going to bring in your particular line of business has to do with health and so forth and so on. But that doesn't mean I can't deliver and, and it may not, may not cost anything to me, maybe to somebody else, but I'm going to deliver some emotional value to you by connecting somebody else into your life that's going to they're going to generate some value in your life because you've identified a need to me and I'm connecting you with somebody that can help you and they're trusted and they're going to deliver value. That's only going to strengthen your relationship and cause solidify the relationships. They're they're going to keep coming back. Not only going to keep coming back, but they're going to start the word of mouth, right? Oh, you got this knee? Go see Dr. Mike. He'll not only fix your spine, but He's got a, a resource of people behind him that he's established relationships with that can help you in other areas of your life too. It's like, I want that customer to, to think of me as their first phone call if I have a need. Even if it's not with my spine or health, I go, no, he's so connected with people and knows everybody. And if I got a need, I'm going to be texting Dr. Mike and go, you know, a good plumber. And, and, and so you're still delivering value to it. So if you can have that mindset to say, yeah, 80, 90% of what I do and in my business is about health and correcting spinal issues and educating my customers on how correcting spinal issues helps with their health and so forth and so on, you're generating value in your life, but don't stop there, right? If you can see it as a relationship, you can go beyond that with your customers. That's what I would say about value. What what do you say over there, Mr. Zach? I don't know what more to add to that. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, but I mean, 
hit the nail. I mean, that's why I call my business generate your value because there's so many different ways. It's like a diamond, right? A diamond has so many facets. Mm -hmm. You twin twist that diamond around and just twist it a little bit and it looks different. But it still holds tremendous value as a diamond. So many different ways of value in the world that you can deliver to your customers. Some of it you're going to charge for and some of it you're not. And all it's going to do is keep strengthening the relationship you have with your customers. And I won't even start how that all transfers over to life. We've done a season and a half of talking about the overlap between business and life. So it's like a mic drop. (laughs) It it really was. So let's transition. Speaking of value, right? So at the end of every podcast, we always like to ask one question. Mm. Here we go. I think that was the perfect segue. Yes. So I I forgot to forewarn you about this. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) On the spot, ready? What does, what do I should say the words generate your value mean to you, your business and your life? And there's no right or wrong answer. The more you give, the more you expand that value without expecting anything in return. And the more you do that, the more you will gain. So that's, it's a formula of, uh, it's almost exponential too. And the more you just focus on what you can do to give to someone, and it doesn't matter what it is. It can be more than your product or service. Honestly, it's usually more emotionally. Just even listening to someone, that's it. Mm-hmm. You will notice an exponential return of positive things in your life. And if you don't believe me, I will. I want you to do it so you can try to prove me wrong. And you'll find out. Ooh. You'll find out yeah. you won't, and you'll gain more value in your life. Ooh. I've never Challenge. had anybody say that. I know. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I had someone say that <laughs> to me, and that person was correct. Meaning, I wasn't trying to prove him wrong, but he said that. Uh-huh. So, like, I've done this. Well, why don't you just do that? And uh, you know what? If it doesn't work, great. You proved me wrong. And guess what? It worked. Well, Dr. Mike, we greatly appreciate you taking time out of your day to come sit down with Mr. Zach and I and talk about your your journey and how it is that you're generating value in this world. I, I can indeed say it's been a pleasure having you as a customer and a friend. Um in this because in reality you're a you're a model customer of mine because you 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 have approached life and business in the right mindset and to zach's point we're we're both seeing how your business is flourishing because of that yeah i appreciate that and and it's why i do what i do Mm -hmm. and you know what i listen and guess what when you find a good team member Mm -hmm. and you listen that wants to just generate value in your life, mm-hmm. which is what you do for me. Right. It works. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank everybody for making a choice to boot up this podcast and listen to it in this particular episode. Zach and I are going to take a two-week hiatus for the holidays. We'll come back in the first week of January with another episode, but... Until then, if you're in the Christian world, I hope you have a great holiday season. If you're in the Jewish world, hopefully your season's been going great so far for Hanukkah from that perspective. But we hope the holiday season generates some value in your life, right? We do.
And as always, our ask is if this episode or any of the episodes generated value for you, help us to generate even more value. Give us a, a follow by hitting that subscribe button. And also share any episodes of the podcast with somebody you think that it would make an impact with mm-hmm. that would generate value in their life. Because our goal with this is to generate compounding value. So with that being said, have a happy holiday season. Like Andy said, hopefully there's a ton of value in it for you, family, friends, and we will see you or you'll hear us, I should say, <laughs> at the beginning of next year. Yep. And have a happy new year. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world. Thank you.